You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You you feel this, this nervousness on the phone there? Sir... I've been trying to make an urgent phone call up there. Well, I don't think it's something I want to do on an overseas phone. You got to make some phone calls. Hang up the phone. Prank caller. Prank caller. Ladies and gentlemen, sorry I almost missed it there. Welcome to uh, Packernet After Dark. This is the call-in show, the Packernet Podcast Network. If you'd like to call in, please feel free to do so. 608-501-0718. Um, new callers go directly to the front of the line. I'm, I'm, I was scrolling and scrolling trying to, uh, look at something here because I was a little dumbfounded. Um, because what I want to do is stick with the newer calls, focusing on the drafts and whatnot before we kind of double back to the older calls. And I was like, wait a minute, where are all the, uh, newer calls? Because, you know, like the ones you've already clicked on should be kind of grayed out. Like, yeah, you already saw these and I can't find them. Well, it turns out it's because we had 60 billion calls that came in after the fact. Um, we got all caught up. We, we got caught up yesterday with new calls, and um, now we have 60 billion more new calls. I'm stunned at how many calls came in. We, we are currently at a grand total, including the old calls and the new calls, at 81 calls, which is we're just breaking records every single day. But anyways, why don't we go ahead and get her started with Nico. All right, so uh, guess we know who had the leverage today, don't we? Uh, also, at 13, do we want Smith and Jigma, or do we want Mayer or Kincaid? Hmm. Or do we trade back to the 20s and pick up one or two second-round picks? Man, I don't know, but I cannot wait till Thursday. Whew. Hopefully, it won't be all depressing, and it will be so excitement. So, uh, uh, go Pack Go. I'm, I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to hate the first round. I'm excited about everything but the first round. Uh, this is the opposite of every draft I've ever partaken in. Um, I don't, I don't want to say I don't like any of the prospects, but given the value, I don't like any of the prospects. I'm not very big on Jackson Smith and Jigba or Peter Skaronsky or Paris Johnson. Definitely not Lucas Van Ness or Nolan Smith or Miles Murphy or 
any of these guys. Nothing. Do I think we should trade back then? No, because I like them slightly less, and I'd rather have Jackson Smith and Jigba than Quentin Johnston. So I guess I'd rather stay. But I just wish I really, really, really liked any of these guys, and I just, I just don't. Like, I, I, I feel like my feeling right now of feeling like Jackson Smith and Jigba is a top guy is largely just peer pressure. I don't think there's anything that's happened, anything that I've watched that has made me go, you know what? No, he is the top guy. I think it's mostly just accepting what everybody said. I haven't even hardly watched the top wide receivers in a while. Um, and I, I guess I just kind of get it from the standpoint of like, okay, I guess he's a shifty route runner. I mean, I didn't really see that a ton, but that's what everybody says, so I guess I'll accept it. And I don't like being pigeonholed into liking stuff. I'm not saying anybody's forcing this or like... Eh. You know what I mean, though? Like, it's not my conclusion. I'm accepting everybody else's conclusion because I can't make up my own mind, but I don't like that. But I also don't think we're trading back because as I talk about tomorrow on the podcast when we go through the press conference, one of the things Brian Gutekunst mentioned, um, well, there's a point in the press conference where it, it really seems like there's a specific reason he wanted to go to 13. Now, that isn't to say that that reason's gonna go up in smoke and he's gonna end up having to trade back anyways, but it sounds like there's something he's reaching for. But I mean, again, I, I hate to just go through the list of names, but it's like Bryce Young is going to be gone, but no. Will Anderson, I mean, I wouldn't be upset about it, but he's not going to make it. C.J. Stroud, I just don't like. Jalen Carter, I'm kind of indifferent on. Like, I think he's pretty good, but then you add in the character concerns and everything, plus if he falls all that way, which I don't think he will, I think he's gone at five. Um, Devin Witherspoon. I like Devin Witherspoon. I don't want a corner. Christian Gonzalez. I kind of like Christian Gonzalez. I don't want a corner. Anthony Richardson. No. Tyree Wilson. Eh. He's big and strong, but I don't think he's like a very good, well-rounded pass rusher. Bijan Robinson. Love him. Don't want a running back. Jackson Smith and Jigba. Eh. He's okay. Peter Skaronsky. Yeah, he's he's pretty solid. He'd be fine. I'd be okay with that. That one of, I don't want to say one of the top or whatever. Will Levis. I don't like him. Paris Johnson. I don't think he's a super strong. I think he just gets beat on the outside too much. Joey Porter, don't like him at all. Lucas Van Ness, not a big fan. Nolan Smith, too small, don't like him. Miles Murphy, don't like him. Roderick Jones, he's pretty good. He's fine. Darnell Wright, I like him. It's one of the first guys that it's like I watched him like, oh, I really like this guy, but then you got the red flags and everything else. Deontay Banks, I don't think I liked him. Quentin Johnston, eh. Michael Mayer, I like him. I don't love him, and he's a tight end. Jordan Addison, I like him. I don't love him, and he's way too small. Brian Branch, I don't like him, and he's a corner, and I don't want a corner. And we're going to play him at safety, and I really, really don't like him at safety. Zay Flowers, shifty route runner, way too small. Kalijah Kansi, too small, don't like him. Dalton Kincaid, I, I very Dalton Kincaid is the Jackson Smith and Jigba of tight ends for me. Everybody tells me he's this elite route runner. The production seems to be there, but I'm watching him going, I don't see anything special there. You ran in a straight line. There's nobody there. They threw you the pass and you caught it. I don't understand what is so special. And I'm torn because I, I acknowledge, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. And I'm probably wrong. And, J- and JSN and Dalton Kincaid are elite route runners. But I don't see it. And so I can't get excited about it just because other people tell me to. That's not how that works. Plus, everybody else sucks at this. <laughs> it's not just me. There's people who 
suck at it and acknowledge they suck at it. And then there's people who suck at it and pretend that they don't suck at it, but they do. Brian Brzee, don't like him. Osiris Torrance, I want to like him. He's a big mauling guard, but I don't like him as much as I wish I liked him, which is like all of these first round picks. I wish I liked them a little bit more than I do, but I just don't. Plus, he's a guard. Jameer Gibbs, I like him. He's a running back. Forbes, Harris, like Will McDonald. I really, really like Will McDonald, but I acknowledge the guy is undersized. Also, kind of later on, you know what I mean? Darnell Washington. You know I love Darnell Washington, but I mean, is that what we're getting after all this? Maybe maybe the problem is we're picking at 13, and it's just like there's a, a too big of an expectation. I don't know, but I just, it's like I can't wait to get to day two. Not that we're going to get anybody I like, but dude, if we got... Uh, if we ended up with Washington or um, even Hyatt, I'm not a huge fan, but if we got him in the second round, Dewan Jones in the second, oh, I'd be freaking out. Uh, Tommy Adebowale, be geeked out about it. Felix Anudike Uzoma, yeah, dude, I'd be super jacked up about that. Uh, Josh Downs, I think I like. Julius Brents, I think I liked. I can't remember. That's my that's my big thing. Like for tomorrow, you have to figure out who you liked. Um, Avila, I think I liked, but he's a little bit slow. But um, who else is on here? Sam Laporta, love that guy. Cody Mock, love that guy. Cedric Tillman, love that guy. Um, who else did I like? Uh, there's Sidney Brown, love that guy. Rasheed Rice, love that guy. Jonathan Mingo, <laughs> you already know, I love that guy. You know what I mean? Like, there's plenty. Jatavis Martin was it? Quan Martin is that? Is that the guy that's Quan? Big fan. Tank Bigsby, come on, man. Jair Brown, love Jair Brown. Abanacanda, good dude. I like him. Chris Smith, you already know. Zach Evans, I think I liked. I don't know. I, again, we'll, we'll, we'll do a roundup of all the guys that I said I liked, and hopefully I can add a few more. But um, it's just the first round that I just can't get there. And it, it's... I don't know. I don't, I don't know what the best outcome would be. Like, what would be the best outcome just for me? Let's just assume whoever they pick is going to be elite. Who's going to be the top out? What would it be? Who would make me do the biggest backflips? Maybe JSN? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I still can't believe it. We got all of those picks on a dude who didn't even want to play with us. Yeah. And you got some people that are going around saying Goody's a horrible GM. Well, yeah, and and (laughs) the funniest thing of all was uh, the the idea that the Jets had all the leverage but chose not to use it. <laughs> but but really, we 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 had no leverage, right? We we had he we we know he didn't want to be here. So I don't I don't I don't understand why we got so much. Do you understand, Nico? Because I don't understand. We got so much, and the guy didn't want to be here. What? How does that work? I don't get it. Why, why did they offer more than a seventh, much less give more than a seventh? I don't know. I'll never understand. I'll go to my grave never understanding how they had so much leverage and used none of it. I mean, that's, that's I mean, why? why? <laughs> Plus what he got for Devontae. Devontae said, I'm not playing for Green Bay. Right. I am not going to play with you. And they still got good picks out of him. Yep. The Raiders could have been like, dude, he's not going to play with you. You'll take a half bag of Cheetos and a, and a, and a, and a uh, Twix. And he only wanted to go to the Raiders. 
right? I mean, that's that's what Jets fans tried to convince us about Rodgers, but it wasn't really true. It was maybe kind of technically true and also possibly true, but not definitively true. The Raiders thing was, was or the Devontae thing was all about the Raiders. It's not, I want out of here. It's, I specifically would like to go play for the Raiders. That's the only thing he wanted. So, yeah, it was, it was pretty wild stuff. But Goody got good from Devontae, too. On a guy that didn't want to play for us either. That's genius. So, yeah. I mean, maybe Goody is the best drafter, although I think he's been, you know, average to above average. But he certainly is a damn good trader. So, uh, <clears throat> hey, go pack go. Bada bang, bada bang. Yeah, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's something that Cheeseballin brought up when he was talking is he's he wants to separate these things up into several different facets, okay? Well, if you separate it out and you acknowledge all the areas where I think we have to acknowledge he's quite good at, how many areas do you think that he is bad to subpar that you feel like he's just to, to to be able to qualify calling him a bad GM so much so that he should probably possibly be replaced. Cause you gotta understand, I'm always extremely cautious with that stuff. I don't I didn't want to get rid of anybody ever. Cause I'm like, dude, it could be worse. Like I'm scared. Except, you know, when we had like the historically worst special teams unit vault. I was not scared of of blowing that up. Other than that, though, I've always have some hesitation. Um, what kind of rose-colored glasses do you have to have on to look at what the man's done, if nothing else, in the hiring of Matt LaFleur, the um, free agency acquisitions, the trades, and, and, and even if we just say that you don't like the or, or don't think the drafting is up to par, you can't even say it's been, like, horrific. Because there, there have been GMs who have gone way longer than the span that he's even been a GM without having really any hits. And, of course, we know about several really high-end hits. But, okay, the hit rate isn't what you want it to be, and you wish he was even more active in, in free agency or in uh, mid-season trades. Like, we're really scratching the bottom of the barrel to come up with reasons to say that the guy is, is terrible. I just, I don't know. I'm... I guess I just struggle to understand what uh, what what all of this means, man. Hey, Ryan, it's Craig. Hey, Craig. Um, just some random thoughts. Someone mentioned Forrest Gump. Um, probably my favorite movie. I just the music soundtrack is amazing. Good movie. Um, I laughed, I cried, and um, I just thought it was kind of cool how they, um, you know, got forced into uh, all that old classic footage and. And uh, and that stuff. Also, I thought Gary Sinise was awesome in it. Right. So anyway, good movie. Um, a couple of uh, other things. One, uh, if you if you can, I don't know if you've done much on Aiden O'Connell, but mm. being a, a Boilermaker myself, um, would be interested in what you think of him. I thought you mentioned he did really well on that one new test that they're they're doing for quarterbacks. I think um, so. Pretty much everybody did except the bottom two, and then there's some correction that at least one of the guys did significantly better and i'm guessing it's stroud so yeah I, i'm guessing he did just fine so if you haven't talked about him you can if you have then uh just ignore that request um then uh by the way i will not be ignoring that request um if you want we can do that because i want to cover as many prospects as we can so i will do that i'll try to do a slightly condensed version but i intend to 
cover that because you asked and because I want to cover more guys. Hey, going back to movies, I'm the one who brought up the musicals, so I'll give a few that uh, I think there are some good movie musicals, okay. uh, not including cartoons. I know you said Sing, uh, which is it is a good one. So there's lots of uh, kind of animation that's pretty good, but uh, I was thinking more live action. I figured. Uh, go back to some classics with uh, Singing in the Rain and uh, haven't seen it. The Sound of Music. Uh, Sound of Music I haven't seen since I was a kid. And I don't think I super loved it when I was a kid, which is a pretty bad sign that I wouldn't necessarily like it now. But who knows? Maybe musicals are more of that thing you would appreciate when you're an adult. Although I kind of think not because, again, like the whole Mary Poppins thing and like you're as your kid, I think you tolerate it more whereas an adult it's like why are you singing right now that doesn't that doesn't happen in real life i don't understand but uh i could try it i don't know pretty good i think a more recent uh the remake of west side story was really good i thought lala lane was interesting see that. uh lame rob would have been good except uh they cast russell crowe and he totally butchered his part otherwise the rest of it was really good um <laughs> so those are a few out there um, and then I was also going to dispel the ugly rumor that there's sawdust in Slim Jims. I can assure <laughs> you there are not. I've been in the factory, and there oh, is wow. real meat in Slim Jims. And, um, you know, can't, uh, can't even come up, keep up with the demand, I guess. So um, just want to make sure that's out there. It's legit. It's okay. I'll uh, talk to you later. Keep up the good work. Bye. All right, man. Well, let's do uh, let's do Aiden O'Connell, the abbreviated version. He is 170 on the big board, consensus big board, that is. Now, you probably don't need all the insights on Aiden O'Connell because you're an Aiden O'Connell guy, mm-hmm. uh, but for the sake of everybody else, especially since there's been a lot of questions about quarterbacks, and he is kind of in that that vein. I mean, as far as the Dane Brugler big board, he's actually number seven, so he's ahead of several guys that we've already covered. Why do people make so much noise? Question of my life. Aiden O'Connell, Purdue. By the way, Purdue is a guy that I tried to watch uh, one of your corners, and there was absolutely no tape on the guy, and it drove me nuts. Um, Aiden O'Connell, 6'3", 213, from Long Grove, Illinois. He is almost 25 years old. He's 24.6. He'll be 25 at the start of the season. No-star recruit. Very Irish family. His name is Aiden O'Connell, both very Irish. And then I'm looking at it. um, Oh, he just got married to J.L., Johnson. Seems like an Irish thing to do. His mother, Kathy, was in a serious car accident in 2020. Older brother, Patrick, played at Ball State. Younger brother, Liam, defensive line, FCS level Valparaiso. Younger brother, Seamus. You getting the idea here? Kathy, Patrick, Seamus, Liam. Younger sister, Grace. Older brother, Sean. It's all all just Irish stuff, man. His older brother apparently recently passed away just last November. Trying to just get through the names, and it's like, oh, his mom... Irish name, oh, car accident, that's horrible. Brother Sean, right? Oh, he died, I'm sorry. It's not what I meant to talk about, but it's probably important, and I should probably men- mention that. He got a degree in general management, master's degree in technology. He puts, uh, he's got his overall thing here, uh, isn't a quick-twitch mover or thrower, guilty of trying to get away with throws he knows he shouldn't make, strong-minded, accurate, touches the ball up at every level of the field, whatever that means. He has the skills and intangibles of a capable backup in the NFL fourth round. PFF doesn't like him as much. Has him 11th, compares him to Trevor Simeon. It's 202 on the big board, by the way. 11th quarterback. Uh, where he wins quick decision-making. What's his role? Pro-style backup. Where can improve risk aversion. And then as far as his grades, um, really not very good. His his big breakout year was 2021, but it was he was good as a rookie, and then he took a step back to his 60s. And then it was 90, and then back in the 60s. And actually, it's even worse than that. Almost every single one of his grades was in the 50s. 
but he did have a 92 against Indiana and a 90 against Nebraska. So it's like he's consistently subpar, and then once in a while is just dominant. But uh, I'll tell you what, man, I kind of like him. So I watched him versus Penn State, which he doesn't have very many good games. This is one of them that was not the greatest, not his worst. The other option was Wisconsin. He was graded marginally higher, but it was three interceptions in that game. I decided against it. I actually really like him, but yes, the 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 riskiness, and I think it, he actually, in a way, different style, but he in a way reminds me of Jordan Love. He's not reading the field quite well enough. Like there, there was a play where on a basic read, it was the right decision. He's on the inside and has outside leverage. He's about to break to the outside. So like you're in the slot, you're going to break to the sideline, and you're already to the inside. of it's, it's automatic, right? And it looks like man. It's one of those man match coverage things where it, it, they play man to a point and then they break off. So they're playing man. He's going he's gonna to be wide open. So he throws it. Well, it turns out they're in zone coverage. That almost gets picked off. But anyway, I, I, first of all, a ton of zip on the ball. 6'3", 213, he's a big dude. He seems really strong. Relatively accurate. I think he missed a couple. But even on those couple that he missed, there was one that seemed a little bit too far. But, but if you look at it, he, the, the receiver got pulled early. And if he hadn't done that, he may have gotten to that spot. Um, there's also just sort of this general recklessness in terms of it's not just, you know, forcing the ball where maybe you shouldn't, which, by the way, works more often than not, which is also impressive. There's sort of that gunslinger mentality. But there's one play where he completely throws off platform. It is a freaking dime. The tight end was shocked. It went like over the defender's shoulder. It would have landed right into his hands. He didn't even think to look. The tight end turned around, patted himself on the chest like, oh, my bad. That was that was on me. I didn't see the ball come there. But there was no reason to throw off platform. He just like just did a fadeaway like sidearm slingshot down the field completely unnecessarily. But it was a beautiful throw. So I don't know what you do with a guy that, you know, I mean, he's, he's 25 years old, makes a lot of boneheaded decisions. I mean, he has a higher turnover-worthy play percentage than big-time throw percentage, which isn't good. 22 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, but I think he's fun. I wouldn't mind having him. I bet he'd, I, I bet he'd be a lot of fun to, uh, to watch play, but he'd also be a heartbreaker, right? He's a guy that'll lead, you, lead a comeback, and he'll also just completely freaking blow up a game. So those are my thoughts. Obviously, you've watched a lot more of them than I have, but those are just kind of the quick and dirty thoughts watching him. I, I enjoyed watching him. I knew I'd forget something. Um, I did buy a t-shirt. So Good, thank you thank for you. offering those. I think they're cool. Um, probably I'll peruse uh, the, the catalog again and then pick something else up. But uh, it arrived just as I was heading out of town, so I haven't had a chance to actually wear it. But excited about that. So that's cool. And also super pumped about um, what we got for Aaron and excited about Jordan. I think it's going to be great. I think we're going to surprise some people. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's kind of a renewed energy, which is kind of cool. All right, take care. Bye. Yeah, I, I have noticed that, and that is exciting. I, I actually really like the timing of it because this has been sort of a, a cloud hanging over our heads, and it seems like with the trade kind of being um, maybe not everybody's wildest dreams, but it certainly was better than we thought, and at the very least, it's it's an acceptable amount. And uh, we, we, we got the draft right around the corner, and um, yeah, I think I think it's just everybody's feeling good. Even Jets fans kind of in the same vein. Most of them anyways are excited. They got their quarterback. It's a done deal. It's all locked up. So, um, yeah, feels good to feel good. Hey, Ryan, I am pumped about this trade. Yeah. I mean, there's two people out there right now, two groups of people. People that see the Packers won the trade, and then you have everybody else who has no idea what they're talking about. Because, I mean, to get all this – and then on top of that, you hear that Rodgers is going to sign, re-sign with the backers to help our cap. 
Are you kidding me? That's just unbelievable. And and pumped that the Jets now have a quarterback that probably doesn't plan to show up until, what, September 1st or something? I don't know. I believe it's possible. And tomorrow morning. I actually just saw on Twitter, it looks like he's flying out to New York right now. This is probably a paperwork thing or something. I don't know. But uh, he he's headed out to that region, so we, we'll see exactly how that all works out. But I'm guessing he'll want to be there to uh, do the photo ops and everything else. And it, it is uh, 5.21 p.m., so we'll see if those photo ops happen tonight or tomorrow. Probably be tomorrow. But um, it's getting done, man. It's all getting done. Our quarterback, Jordan Love, is going to wake up at the weight room and throw some passes to Christian Watson. So, I mean, I'm just really – even even – if the Jets were to win the Super Bowl, I don't see how anybody would say they won this trade. I mean, and also, the Jets can't win the Super Bowl because they don't have OBJ. You know, <laughs> they already won the Super Bowl, so what's Rogers going to do? Anyway, what's we'll that go? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think the Jets would be upset with the trade if they won the Super Bowl. I mean, that's certainly the entire point of this whole thing is, is to win it. Um, I mean, look, j- just from my perspective and obviously your perspective as well, just on our philosophy on team building and all that stuff, I, I just I think the Packers come out ahead. Um, Rodgers will play for one year. you got to pay for him for three years. Maybe it'll be more. I don't know. The Packers are going to end up with players that are going to be with the team for a long time. I don't know who that's going to be. I don't know how good they're going to be. But, you know, could you – I mean, think about it. We're, we're talking about a Christian Watson-type player that we just get – can you hear that? They're dragging the chair across the floor. Where are you going? The kitchen table's on one side. Why are you taking the chair to the other side of the kitchen? I swear they do this to just make fun of me. <laughs> they listen to the podcast and giggle. What are we talking about? Anyways, let me put it this way. Who is the second round pick that sucks the most in recent memory? Is it Josh Myers in, in Gutekunst's tenure? Is he the worst second round pick we've had? And is this the earliest second-round pick we've had? Well, I mean, Christian was earlier because we traded up, but certainly not upset about that. So, I mean, and again, he'll be here in 2023, 24, 25, 26. Uh, presumably, unless he's terrible, it'll be 27, 28, 29, maybe 30 and beyond, you know? I mean, we'll see. Roughly, roughly through 2030 or so, if they're a competent, solid football player. And then we get a first-round pick next year. Same thing. 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, and that's just that's just through the first contract with a fifth-year option. Then you give him another contract, and you get another, like, four years on top of that. 29, 30, 31, 32. So, yeah, the, the odds that Aaron Rodgers is going to provide more value in this one year than we're going to get from those, let's say, two players, not to mention who we end up getting at, at 13 as a that we may not get at 15, don't know it, but but the fact of the matter is the the Patriots and the Jets have very similar needs to what the Packers have. So you know, I'm thinking, you know, I, I, again, the 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 Jets, if if they end up, even if they go to the playoffs, I'm sure they'll be somewhat happy because they haven't experienced that level of winning and excitement from a quarterback and everything. And hey, good for you. Um, I mean, not good for you because I want you to lose all your games so that we get a really high pick. But that's a separate issue. From their perspective, they might call that a win. But I think from a statistical perspective it's just going to be difficult for Rodgers to drum up enough value to win this because it's not just the amount that you're because because you know again a quarterback's going to put up more value 
Okay, but he's competing against like two players, and we're talking about, let's just say, eight years apiece, so 16 years total of football player contributions compared to Rodgers maybe one year. I don't know. Deck seems a little stacked, but we'll see. Steve up in Alaska. Hey. We're doing this as a show of how I feel. Ric Flair! Woo! <laughs> Woo! Woo! All right, baby! We got it! We got something for the man! Oh, man. I'm excited. I love it. I didn't think we were going to get anything near what we got for him as this uh, process was going along. And after last year, and how bad he looked, and the team looked, and the fact that the situation was dragging on, I'm loving it. I think this is great. I would actually, I'll tell y'all, I was going to call in earlier, but I knew how many calls we had, and if I had known that, Ryan, you were going to like jump the line and go to this, if I had thought that and done the process in my head because you've done this kind of thing before, I would have called in. And now my lane, my, my call is going to come in late. I would have been like one of the first ones. <laughs> I was buying my supplies up in Fairbanks to get the season going. I went into Fred Myers, nothing happened. Did my shopping. Came back out, turned on the radio, and they're like, media news, exciting news, Aaron Rodgers the trail. I'm like, what? What? I was in there like 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been like one of the very first people on this. But, yeah, man, this is great. I, I, I just, I'm, I'm amazed by what we got. Well, whatever anybody wants to think, we got, a, basically, we're going to get a first round and a second round player for him. Which is, you know, what we got for Devontae Adams. Yep. So we're going to have two more seasons where we're going to have extra picks in the very early rounds, in the first, second rounds. We're going to have extra picks. Green Peaks, what everybody, anybody wants to complain about him as a GM, I don't think anybody's mentioned the fact that in his time here, he's gotten more high round picks for us than I can remember us ever having. I don't, I don't remember any of the GMs, even going back to Round Wolf, where we had two first-round picks and two second-round picks year after year yeah. after year. Yeah, that's a good point. You know, the Devontae Adams year, we had two firsts and two seconds. He did that trade with New Orleans uh, two years before that, where we got the New Orleans next year first-round pick. So this is the third year in a row, and next year will be the fourth year in a row, where we have multiple first and second round picks before because of this guy, that's incredible. That's great GM work. That's that's a guy who who's seen the game. You know, those I don't play I don't play computer games. I'm a, I'm a board game player. Sure. But um, I'm gonna call back because I'm gonna lose this right here. All right, hold on. I'm calling back. So several things. First of all, I feel like we should have a board game conversation because I also enjoy a good board game. I haven't done a while, but when I was a kid, I was obsessed. And that's just something we haven't really talked about. Um, beyond that, though, you're absolutely right about the the quantity of early picks has been great, especially considering you're talking about a team that has won 13 games. Like, you go to the playoffs every year and then also get a lot of seemingly high picks. But also, what is the value? He's hitting on them. I know everybody's so mad about Jordan Love. I understand that. And I know Savage was not a great pick. I'm so sorry that Savage didn't pan out for you. I'm sorry that the hit rate isn't 100%. But man, the first and second round track record, and we, you know, we, we got to see what Quay turns into. We got to see what Devontae Wyatt turns into. And technically, we still have to see what Christian Watson turns into. We don't know that he's going to be 
necessarily elite, although I'm feeling relatively comfortable with his uh, contribution so far. But man, you look at first and second round, and that doesn't even factor in how good of a job he's done in the mid to late rounds. Again, I have no... There's people... Well, I shouldn't say people. A person was mocking MVS. Like, oh, all you get is MVS. Like, that's a pathetic... Dude, there were like four good wide receivers out of the entire draft. Two of them were first rounders. One of them was a second rounder. And then there's a fifth rounder by the name of MVS. Again, context, man. I don't know what Zach Tom's going to become, but do you have any idea what it's like for teams that just can never, ever, ever get their offensive line fixed and they swing at the first round over and over and over and Gutekunst just trips over them in the mid to late round? I mean, we got Runyon in the sixth round. He's not an elite player, but for a sixth round player to be one of the top pass blocking guards in the entire NFL who struggles with run blocking, cry me a freaking river. Yash freaking nine. I don't know if Yash was a goot thing or not, but it, I mean, it's been a long heritage of, of the, especially offensive linemen in the mid to late rounds. But anyways, getting away from your point here. Yeah, that, that's, it's been, it's been awesome, in my opinion, to be a Packer fan, largely because of that guy. And, you know, it's, it's annoying to have people say it hasn't been good enough. I find just odd. All right, I'm back. Probably a good thing that I wait till the second day because I'm rambling. Um, but, those who play strategy games, yeah, you see what you see what the field has and what the game offers you to do, and you find a strategy in that game, and you take advantage of all the opportunities it offers you. Um, years and years ago, I played a, an online game when those things were first showing up. That was called Earth Twenty Twenty Five, and it was a it was a military base game where you have a landmass and you got to build your landmass and you tag blah, blah, blah. But they had this little spy set up in it and nobody got the spy set up. I figured out the spy set up. And with the spy set up, I could go in and I could sneak away, sneak in and I could steal everybody else's stuff. Mm-hmm. And I could take it and use it for myself and make myself better and make the other guy think that they're getting things or whatever's happening, but I could just go and steal it. And I look at what Gooden Goods is doing is he's going around the league and he's pulling other people's assets. And he's giving them what? I know you could say, Devontae, that was horrible, but we can get another wide receiver. It's a wide receiver. Everybody thinks it's so difficult, but everybody can can get wide receivers. We've got wide receivers. You know, our quarterback was old. A couple years ago, and he didn't even want to play for us. And we gave him to somebody else, and we got the muscle to, if we want to, get another guy like that. Or multiple other players to replace other spots to make the whole team better so the guy we have, maybe not be as good, has a better team than the previous guy had. Man, I'm, I'm real excited. I'm real excited. I, I want to see what he does with these picks. Um, I know last year's ones, we could say those early picks were like, we were not sure. But they're defensive players, and they're defensive players in positions that take two and three years to develop to really show. We got a wide receiver, and wide receivers generally take two or three years to really show, and he showed the first year. Let's see what happens here. You know, the, the Jordan Love you know, year with the Jordan Love pick, yeah, nobody's seen what he's done, but the next guy picked, we've seen what he can do in A.G. Dillon, and it's looked good so far. So, you know... I think we should be all excited about this. I'm not going to call in again. I made my time. I'm not going to do that to the rest of everybody else and keep calling back, even though I said it didn't. So, 
Y'all take it easy, man. Let's go pack. I'm going to be real excited about seeing this draft, boy. Have a good one. Bye. Yeah, I'll, I'll just agree with everything you said because I want to bring up a point that I find is um, hilarious. You guys make me feel significantly less crazy. Every single time I say I'm going to do something on the podcast, I then immediately say, I should just stop telling you I'm going to do stuff because it's probably not going to happen, and then it doesn't happen, right? It, whatever I say doesn't matter. If I say it's going to happen, it's not going to happen. Every single time somebody calls in and says, I'm not going to call anymore, 100% they're calling right back. The next two calls are from Stephen Alaska. You guys crack me up. Um, why don't we take a break? We'll get back to Stephen Alaska. I'm going to try to pick up the pace a little bit because we have 60 billion calls to get through. But, um, oh, by the way, actually, we're not going to start with Stephen Alaska. We do have a new caller. So we'll get to the new caller first, and then we'll go to Stephen Alaska. But anyways, we'll take a break. We'll be right back. We all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing. But they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Ryan, this is Dan, uh, hey, Dan. long-time listener, first-time caller, uh, love, love everything you say, and your rants uh, are awesome. Anyways, um, I'm on the side of, uh, I think Ryan Gutekunst does not get enough credit, and wanted to get your take. Uh, first of all, I'm also excited to see what he's able to do here uh, in the draft and free agency, um, depending on how much... Uh, cap room we get off this whole deal, but I wanted to get your take on going back a year. How much do you think uh, Gutekunst was smart by signing Rodgers to a two-year deal, no matter how much money it was worth, versus whether it could have been a one-year deal uh, based on thinking he might want to retire. So I just think that that was. That's just something that's been overlooked yeah. in that, you know, by signing him to a two-year deal, we own all his rights this year to be able to stand tough and get as much capital as possible for this trade. Uh, anyways, would love to hear your take on that, and uh, go Pack Go. 
Yeah, that that is a, a a great question that hasn't been asked really. Not, I mean, not even just that one specific aspect of it. That's true. They could have just maybe signed him to a one year deal, and then um, we just we lose everything. But also, I, I think a just a broader question: What were the alternative options? Because most people, whether you generally like Gutekunst or dislike Gutekunst, you look at the contract and say, "I don't like it." Right. Um, whether that's a point of see how bad he is or just, you know, this is just kind of trash from the standpoint of, you know, even the Gutekunst playbook. This ain't in your playbook, dude. What is this? This is trash. But what would have been the right contract to give him? That's an impossible question to ask. But, you know, do, do you not give him a contract? I think that's out the window. Back-to-back MVP and Jordan Love doesn't look good. It's not an option. He has you over a barrel. He wants a commitment. What are you going to do? Like you said, you could you could offer him a massive one-year deal, maybe. Maybe he wouldn't accept that. I don't know. But then you also lose the rights to him. I mean, I, I, I guess part of me looks at this and wonders how much of this is just pure luck. Like, this is just the worst freaking hand grenade of a contract ever. And we kind of lucked out in terms of, like, we, yeah, we paid a lot of money, but we got to use them until we burned them out. And then we were able to find a trade partner to just take on the rest of it. And we'll just leave it at that. And how much of it was... Like, this is very well thought out. Like, I, I would just love to see, you know, everybody talks about these parallel universes where things happen exactly differently or whatever, which I think is stupid, but apparently we're all supposed to just believe it now. So in another universe out there somewhere, obviously this is true, there was another Aaron Rodgers, and he decided to retire after one year. He decided he wanted to quit after one year. You know, all these different, or he would decided he wanted to come back. How would this have played out? What was the plan? Because I have to assume they went through the the scenarios like, okay, here's a contract, but what if this? What if this? What if this? Because the, the the reality is, if you were to ask a lot of the cap guys, like, well, what happens if you know he wants to leave in 2023? The answer would be, well, then we're screwed, right? But you know, I mean, it's not a great situation, but we're clearly not screwed, and that's that's part of the reason why. I wasn't necessarily, even though I couldn't see the way out of it, I wasn't necessarily thinking we were screwed if he came back because I don't exactly know how they're going to handle it. I don't know how you get out of it, but the point is, I don't know what the plan for the maneuver is at that point. Unless it was just, I I, I don't know. I, I would love to be able to hear, to just, to just go to Gutekunst and be like, all right, we avoided disaster, but what if this would have happened? What if this would have happened? Was there a plan or were you just going, pfft? That would have sucked, dude. We'd been screwed. But yeah, again, even on the other side, like what what other contract alternatives would have been better? Well, just offer him less money. Wouldn't have taken it. Are you going to risk him just walking out the door? Because let's be let's be real honest about exactly what happened. The Green Bay Packers got Aaron Rodgers for exactly as long as they wanted him, and not a second longer. And they had the money to bring back every single player that they decided that they wanted to bring back, including even offering a massive contract to Devontae Adams. They were able to bring in these people, pay these people, and still be able to compete as an NFL football team. And then, when the Aaron Rodgers thing went to zero, and it wasn't really going very well, they said, enough is enough. And even though the Packers, or even though Aaron Rodgers essentially held all the strings, the Packers decided, we're moving on. Apparently, we're able to convince Rodgers that that was the right thing to do, and that he should unretire and go play for another team so that, he could, so that the Packers could still reap a bunch of compensation for it. This is freaking wizardry. And yeah, I don't exactly know what the better alternative would have been. There might have been some other ones, but I don't know. Well, I'm only apologizing because I said I wasn't going to call back, but 
I'm, I'm doing it because I, I continue to listen to the rest of your, the, the Packer Night After Dark when you jump the line so all the people new calling in. Yep. Uh, everybody's so sad. Everybody I listen to is so sad. Nobody seems to be, other than you, Ryan, seems to be excited that I am. we've got what we got for what we gave up. There was a couple of people that looked at it positive and talked about it positive, but it was so well we're gonna get, and it's it's really good that we're getting. Oh, it's nice. I'm I'm happy about it. people were Packer fans. Players move on. We have to accept that players move on. We have a new opportunity with a new player and a massive haul of very high end picks to either build around him or replace him. Next year, we're going to have two first-round picks. And if Jordan Love can't play this year, and we say, whoa, this ain't the guy, we have two first-round picks. Yeah. One of them, because he can't play, is going to probably be high teens, so to 10-ish, 7. I mean, Ryan, you said 7. And the other one, whatever, whatever the Jets do, you add two first-round picks together, that puts you up in a position to get yourself the number one overall pick. Maybe we got to throw a third-rounder in with it. Who cares? Because we all know we don't like the third round with our current GM. He doesn't do well. We have the shot, if Jordan Love doesn't play well, to have the number one overall pick in a quarterback class that's supposed to be amazing. I don't see why everybody's so sad. We should be excited because we're Packer fans and we love the Packers and we care that the Packers are awesome and the Packers are great. Not that we had a player that has played well for us and now has gotten old and has to be let go. Come on, people. Let's get on board on this. We have a great thing. Let's look to the future. That's what the preseason is about. All right. I swear this time, I'm not calling back. I don't care how sad and depressing everybody sounds for the rest of the literally the next second call half of the show. <laughs> second <laughs> half, I have to still get through of everybody being sad that Rogers is leaving. We're gonna, we got so much potential. It's gonna be great. Go back. Yeah, and you're right. And I kind of, I think it's tomorrow's podcast. I bring bring that up. What what is this weird thing where? I mean, I. I the national media is doing it, and obviously our rivals are doing it. The fans of rival teams are doing it. But Packer fans seem to be buying it also. And that is just sort of this sort of concession that, yeah, I mean, I guess we're going to be bad, but that's okay. Like, we had a good run, and, you know, I mean, hey, maybe Jordan could be kind of good, and then we, we're still in, like, a rebuild and all this. Like, what What are you talking about? I'm not – listen, I, I, I don't think I've ever sat here and said, dude, we are legit Super Bowl contenders. But – you know, again, the the thing from tomorrow that I keep saying is like, what what rebuild? What are we rebuilding? What do we need to rebuild? What needs to be torn down and rebuilt? Give me one position. And by the way, adding a piece here and there isn't my definition of rebuilding. It may be yours, but if that's the case, we have been rebuilding as Green Bay Packers organization my entire life. We have a quarterback. We have wide receivers, running backs, an offensive line, a defensive line, pass rushers, linebackers, and corners. The only thing we might be a little bit like, is safety. We certainly could use another receiver, just like we could use another edge rusher. We could use this out of the other. But the, the, listen, I don't want to just 
say exactly what I said tomorrow, but the, the Chicago Bears don't have core pieces. The Packers have core pieces at every position, and they're young, and they're up and coming, and they're hungry. We, we don't have a bunch of old guys that we need to get rid of and bring in new young core pieces. We already have the core pieces. We have everything we need. There's questions of, is Jordan Love going to be good? But that's not rebuilding. That's questioning how good Jordan Love is going to be. And if he's not the guy, then we need to find another guy because we have a good freaking team. I, I just, I, I, maybe it's just because 2022 didn't go well and people are like, well, I guess we're bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. But there does just seem to be this general malaise. Well, we're bad now. We were only good because of Rodgers, and now he's gone. But that's okay. It's going to be fine. <laughs> All right. I mean, if that's, a, if that's how you want to spend your off season, I guess. That's fine. Dude, I suck. Because I'm, I'm, I said I wouldn't do it, and I'm doing it again. But I keep thinking about the whole process. But conspiracy theory, everybody's got to like kind of look at this and think about this potentially. In the Aaron Rodgers draft, the debate was, who was the guy that was going to get picked first, Alex Smith or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah. Alex Smith got picked. Aaron Rodgers fell. What if they picked Aaron Rodgers? Would Alex Smith have fallen? And if Alex Smith fell, would the Packers have still taken him? Oh. And if the Packers took him, would he have won the Super Bowl? And Aaron Rodgers would have had the Alex Smith career? Hmm. Something to ponder. All right, I'm out. Yeah, you can ponder it if you want. <laughs> I probably won't. I did. I did raise a similar conspiracy theory question, or, or I don't remember if I thought of it or what. But um, if we think about Aaron Rodgers as his success largely being sparked by the chip on the shoulder thing, what if the 49ers didn't give him a chip on the shoulder, and he kind of came in with sort of a laid back, like I'm cool, like I'm so good attitude, and just wasn't super great. And just didn't have that, like, I'm going to show the world thing. And, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, maybe it doesn't pan out. And then, yeah, Alex Smith and Aaron Rodgers end up just being kind of not super great. And Packers flounder for who knows how long. And I don't know. It's interesting to think about. But um, that's not what happened. And that's good for us. Thanks to another great GM by the name of Ted Thompson, who uh, set us up for a very, 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 very long time of awesome football the only one won super bowl dude i could not give any less of a crap i really couldn't you think i sit here and just think about how much how much it sucked to be a packers fan like yeah we win all the time and go to the playoffs but no super bowl (laughs) it's one game it's one game that's it like i know it's the big game and i know it's like the most exciting thing that'll happen in a season but it is one thing it's one game and after that game the season ends anyways and then you got to start over the next season freaking calm down with that it's ridiculous i don't know if this will make it by thursday but the uh guys other oh, daniel from california by the way hey but um the guys that i think are packers types because the Packers like good character guys, athletic guys. Um, my list of guys that if somehow they can't get up to Jackson Smith and Jigba goes early, because he's probably the guy that they want. If, if, if he goes at eight and they can't, you know, get the stuff ready to get him, mm-hmm. I think Nolan Smith. I wasn't high on Nolan Smith, but yeah. then I was 
listening to some stuff about his character, and no one's Ray Lewis, but supposedly he's like a passionate vocal leader that the Packers don't currently have right now, and he's first guy in, first guy out kind of guy, so like Nolan Smith is one of those guys that I can see the Packers taking, being a Packers type, super athletic, and... Also, someone else would be Miles Murphy. Yeah. Not super athletic, but just another pass rusher. And then that's kind of like the, the only guys I really see. I don't think they're going to take a, a first-round tight end. <clears throat> but after that, you know, there's all kinds of guys that let's see you know, trade down, down situations. So, like, my Packers guys in the second round are, are uh, actually kind of interesting because, like, Jack Campbell is... It's actually, like, a lot of guys are saying he's the best linebacker. Like, you don't see the Packers taking a third linebacker, but Jack Campbell, supposedly, a lot of guys see him as, like, a, um, just a, like, super, like, heady linebacker that's also old school and can cover. So, like, they might be somebody on, you know, not necessarily the Packers radar, but I like Joe Tittman, the center guard out of, Wisconsin. I like um, Cody Mock. I like drop like on his name. Uh, Breaking up all the friends. Matt Bergeron. Uh, and then even like someone like Keely Ringo, but he's probably going as the first. I think there's. But. I really like all those guys. Joe Gaines. Um, a lot of guys are higher on him than what the consensus is. And then, uh, like, I think, like, the sleeper guy out of all these is the, the center out of Wisconsin, Joe Tippmann. Because the Packers will play, because he, he's got uh, center guard versatility. They might play it. Lost him there, but he's got a little bit more. And Daniel again. Actually, let, let me stop because you're kind of running running through a lot of guys here. Um, I'll say this, and, and I just uh, uploaded. I'm actually working on it right now. The bonus episode, the mock or the yeah mock draft, I guess bonus episode, and talked a lot about it. Essentially, coming to the conclusion, similar to you, that edge rusher is is where I'm leaning. Uh, Miles Murphy is probably if if you told me I had to pick somebody. Who's it going to be? That's that's kind of where I'm leaning. Um, not what I want, but it is what it is. My my issue with the Georgia guy is his size, but you're right. I mean, we we've gone Georgia a billion different times. It's uber athletic, and yeah, if you add in the leadership stuff, it it absolutely makes sense. I just feel like he's undersized. Um, but yeah, that's that's kind of where I'm at with that. So I'll let you continue. Uh, or uh, or Cody uh, Mark because he can he's a uh, tackle guard combo they don't necessarily need that as much as interior versatility but we all know the Packers are about versatile linebacker uh, linemen so either one of those guys that are super athletic and zone heavy it just depends on which one they like more but I could see either of those guys going um, Blake Freeland later on in the draft uh, could be a guy um, Kobe Turner yeah, I'm just really excited about this draft. I love the Rodgers trade. It's probably being blown up about all that trade. So I'm just excited. 
and we have all this stuff coming up and all this optimism. We have plenty of um, stuff to build around Jordan, so let's just enjoy this, guys. This is uh, the first, like, real big shift. The only person left from the previous era is David Bakhtiari. Everybody else is all new Brian Gutekunst era guys. This is officially a Brian Gutekunst team, so I'm, you know, we can't look at this without thinking Brian Gutekunst is a great GM. This is our third draft with extra picks, our fourth draft with extra picks that we've gotten from Gudi. And next year is possibly our third, you know, year with multiple firsts. So enjoy the ride, everybody. Gotta love what's going on here. I'm happy as could be, and I'm just so proud to be a Packers fan. Go Pack Go. Yeah, it's fun. And, and, and I mean, it's the off season. This is when even bad teams get to pretend they're a good team. So for a good team to pretend that they're bad, to cosplay being bad in the offseason, um, it's a weird thing, and it's not a path that I think I want to see Packer fans go down uh, because it's just kind of embarrassing and pathetic for one thing, but uh, also I just really would rather not be... Um, to to just have to acknowledge that Packer fans are, are worse than a lot of other fans. Like, I... You know how much I go at Bears fans, but those guys love their team, man. They rally around. Every year they're going to be so good, and every year they're not, and somehow they muster the strength to believe that they're going to be good and support their GM who's done nothing, support their quarterback who's done nothing except be garbage, and then the Packer fans are sitting over here, oh, 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 rebuilding her. (laughs) Good Lord. So, yeah, let's get excited. Let's have fun. Let's uh, let's lighten up a little bit, all right? Hey, Ryan, it's uh, Jersey Mike. Hey. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just obviously doing some draft stuff because, quite frankly, even though this Aaron Rodgers trade happened, uh, great, fantastic, but the draft is, like, the most important thing, right? Um, so, and, and I commented this on, on Twitter to you and JJ uh, just, just this morning about five minutes ago. And then I went and watched some more highlights of the player that I talked about. And then, and then I went and watched some game film, and then my brain started doing loops. Um, and I started doing some more research on this guy. So it's, it's, it's Nico Remigio, Remigio, sorry, uh, out of, uh, what, Fresno State? And I, I gotta be honest, I was not expecting much. I think he's like 5'11", 180, 190. So he's not, he's not small. Um, he, he's, he's a stout slot receiver size. Okay. Um, the biggest knock against him is he's not fast in a straight line, which, which cool. Okay. Um, let, let's, let's think of guys that we've had in Green Bay who aren't fast in a straight line in the slot. Randall Cobb. Um, but, uh, Jim Jones. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, he's not, he's not super fast in slot, but you know, I was watching the film again and I was like, this guy, this guy looks like Amon Ra St. Brown without as much, like, hype. That's all he looks like. Maybe maybe a bit less speed too than Amon Ross. Amon Ross is pretty fast. Um, but I'm just looking at the quick twitch, the power, the the just knows where to go. Punt return, man. He's got some punt return touchdowns. Um, it's just this guy. He's he's got all the heart in the world, and he just makes the makes some makes some things happen. So so realistically, where is he going to get drafted in the seventh round? And do I know why? No. Um, if, if I'm a team, I'm looking at him in the sixth, uh, you know, over guys like, uh, that I like, Jake Bobo or, uh, Puka Nakua out of BYU. Um, 
there's and, and there's even a guy named Grant Debose. Uh, I forget what uh, team he plays for, but it's like a nothing conference team, and and he doesn't really look fantastic, but he's a big dude, and he gets a lot of contested catches, so everybody likes him. Um, but Romigio, I, I have not heard anybody say damn near anything about him, um, and I, I think this guy deserves a little bit more, a little bit more love. Um, I think he's he's the kind of guy to just be that. That little bit of an it factor, right? You're not going to use him all the time um, throughout throughout his first two three years, but he's just he's got enough of that playmaking ability that when he's on the field, the team is going to have to pay attention to him. And if they don't, he's going to he's going to light him up. He's going to get some yards. He he can definitely be a guy on third down. You you throw it short to and picks up you know that extra two or three after the catch. Um, that's tough, and you know he has to go around two or three guys. That that is definitely something Nico Mejia can do. Um. So yeah, I'm I'm gonna check this guy out. We'll we'll let you finish to get another 21 seconds here, just for context. Uh, I I saw that you commented on him earlier on Twitter. I wasn't really gonna look into him because I just added him to the list, and he is consensus number 466. He's not even on Dane Brugler's big board. That's what that bledding noise was. I was control effing on Dane Brugler's uh, board, and he's not there. So uh, that would be a first for that. But since you called in, and again, I'll let you finish, but I will, uh, I'll do my best to try to find him. I don't have any tape on him, but I have tape on uh, Jalen Cooper, from also from Fresno State. So a little trick I picked up in Nam. I'll just uh, watch Mr. Jalen Cooper and then just, you know, watch the other side of the field. Excuse me, Jalen Cropper. It doesn't matter. Apparently nobody cares about this guy. But anyways, continue. Hey, so I got I got no idea where I got cut off, but basically all I was just saying is just go go take a look at Nico Romijo. Um, see what you think about him. I've got him as like a fifth or a sixth round grade, but he's probably gonna fall to the seventh. And just uh, you know, tell tell me if you see him possibly sitting on this Packers team. Anyway, go pack up. Yeah, I will um do that. I just want to check. I'm trying to find where he is. Let me check if he's on the PFF thing. Nope. That's the noise that says he's not on that either. Um, as far as, let's check. So PFF, as far as his grades and whatnot, special teams, it's actually pretty solid. So there's, there's a, there's a win. So four years at Cal, then he goes to Fresno state. He was a kick and punt returner, 41 kick returns, which is a lot. 25.1 average. Um, he had a 71.5 kick return grade, but 77 the year before that and 70 the year before that. As a punt returner, he has 63 punt returns, 9.3 average, two touchdowns, but nine muff uh, catches, which is kind of terrible. But uh, he had a 90.8 kick return grade. He had two touchdowns this year on just 16 returns. Three of those muffed punts came <laughs> this year, too. So he's got some pretty serious problems. But, again, a, a, an over 90 grade because he had uh, the two touchdowns. So that is the first thing that immediately stands out to me for Mr. Nico Remigio is the special teams. But uh, 5'11", 185, nothing at Cal. Trans- four years at Cal, bad grades. Then he goes to Fresno State, 77, 78 receiving grade. Solid, right? 852 uh, yards, six touchdowns. Actually, I'll just have to watch Jake Hayner because uh, they only have 2021 tape for that Cropper guy. They don't have Jake Hayner 2022? That's ridiculous. So I can either watch him at Cal or just go to YouTube. All right, so uh, I would say you owe me, but, um, you know, you, 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 I still probably owe you for uh, what you were pizza dough and whatnot and all that. 
which I, I think I still got like one left out there. I got to get rocking. Anyways, I dug around for a really long time. All the Fresno State guys. And then I went through every single one of the Fresno State games. So, for example, Oregon State. Then I looked at every single prospect from Oregon State to see if they had tape on their game against Fresno State so I could watch the wide receiver. Bottom line, nothing. So I went to YouTube and I just watched the San Diego State versus Fresno State wild ending. Small little clip, but it gave me a little... It's actually really cool. They were down by two scores. Remigio did help them a little bit getting down the field. End up scoring a touchdown, onside kick. They recover the onside kick, and then a quick pass to Remigio. He breaks a tackle and, and takes it down the field for a touchdown, and then interception to seal the game. It's really, like I've said before, it's really hard to tell. I, I feel like the guy, and I'm sure he does more than this, but I watched him run about 17 curl routes, and that was about it. I mean, look, he's, he's, there's got to be something there in terms of his punt return prowess. I would guess he's going to be, honestly, if I had to guess, I would say undrafted free agent. But late round pick, that is a special teamer that maybe could be a slot guy, but I just, I don't, if I had to guess, I would say I don't really think so. The one thing I did like about him is he seems tough for a little guy. Usually these small guys, they look so small, but like I said, he broke that tackle, and I know it's San Diego State, it's not exactly, uh, not exactly that Illinois secondary bearing down on you, but. I mean, he, he just kind of seems sturdy. You know, I, he, he looks to me more like, uh, what's his name? That guy that I liked out of Penn State. You know, five foot ten, but he's like 207, a little more stout. He's only 185, but he just seems to have a pretty good, strong, sturdy build to him. But, you know, again, as far as the route running, I didn't see anything, but he wasn't doing much. So, um, I mean, would I get jacked up if this is a seventh round pick or an undrafted free agent? For sure. Especially since he's your dude. So usually around the 6th, 7th round, I stop caring. So at that point, I'll just start pulling for Nico Remigio or anybody else that I learned to, to, to appreciate. But I'll do that for you, man. Oh, we are so far behind. Let's keep it going. Hey, Jets fans. Oh, sorry about uh, I just that. wanted to voice my message to you for any of you that are listening. Do you feel the pressure yet? Do you feel it yet? Because you know, do you know what this trade actually means for you? It means that if you don't go out and win a Super Bowl, you are going to be even more of a laughing stock than you usually Oof. are. So, do you feel the pressure yet? I hope you don't. It's certainly a lot on your shoulders, isn't it? Go back, go. Yeah, th- there has been a pressure transfusion. I mean, the, the the expectation for the Jets was always zero. And now, now and that's the thing, like... <laughs> everybody always thinks in the short term nobody thinks long term how's this going to play out for me a lot of i'm not even gonna say jets fans because i don't know i haven't i haven't even found a jets fan out there on the on the interwebs i know you guys are out there fighting with them but um there's a lot of let's say new york media or whatever who want to spin this in a way that they like and the biggest way that they're doing that is well congratulations that the the shine thing that i just or no i'll play it tomorrow i guess I get confused when things go live. But, um, yeah, him talking about, yo, look at you guys, friggin' Packers, you guys suck now. You're going to be bottom four, to, lucky to win four games. The Jets, they're they're fourth best team. I don't know, he likes the number four, fourth best team in the AFC, third best team maybe, I don't know. They're Super Bowl contenders. Okay, well, that's great for you winning your argument today, but that's going to suck come the postseason when the Packers have absolutely no pressure, and if they win six games, apparently... It's the same thing with like the, the, the trade between the Jets and the Packers. I don't know what the value is, but I know where everybody sets the line. And if you set the line in the Packers' favor, or in, or in this case, in the Jets' favor, that they have all the leverage, da, 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 the Packers don't have to do much 
to quote unquote fleece the Jets because you've set this up so stupid because you think in the short term, I want to win today and not think about the long term and saying, you know, for example, if you want the end result to be, oh, dang, the Jets did awesome. What you should do as a Jets fan or Jets media member or whatever, or just a Packers hater is say, the Packers have all the leverage. You have a four-time MVP. You have you should get three first-round picks or you're a D-bag. But nobody thinks past the tip of their nose, and so they think short-term, and they're like, oh, the Jets have uh! And now everybody who's been hating on the Packers and pumping up the Jets is getting kicked in the nuts over and over again by you know who? Themselves. By themselves from a week ago when they couldn't stop saying stupid stuff. And now that's going to be the the case again because the jets if if they fall short of a super bowl based on the expectations that these people have already set that trade sucked for them because that's the expectation and the packers bottom of the nfc north worst team in the nfc north which i would assume means worst team in the nfl i don't know i mean the, the, we should end up get a, a first round which i guess i'm not mad about if we really are that bad freaking sweet dude give me that first pick we'll take uh what's his nuts out of uh usc or whatever the, the quarterback i'll take him dude i listen i wish I, I hope for the best for jordan love but like i've said with everything else i am a packers fan okay aaron Rodgers, have the best life you've you could possibly have man go enjoy it go out to new york eat some freaking pizza fly around on an airplane i don't know what you do in new york have fun okay jordan love i wish you the best but ultimately, we got to figure out how to make the Packers awesome. And if everybody in the world is right, I mean, it's, it's really hard for the Packers to kind of be just, it sounds like I'm being biased, but I'm just going based on what everybody else is saying. It's hard to lose as a Packers fan. If we win seven games, we have wildly exceeded expectations. If we meet expectations and win four games, or are worse than expectations, then, you know, we have to hear ha-ha for like two months before the draft, and then we take one of the best quarterbacks to come out, well, I guess since Trevor Lawrence, but and then and then he's ours. After just one year of not having Aaron Rodgers, we get one of the top quarterback prospects to come out the last 20 years. So, yeah, gee, golly whiz, I don't know. It seems like we're in a tough spot here, huh? <laughs> but, you know, and again, it's annoying, but I, I guess I should just embrace it because it's just going to come back to bite everybody else pretty soon. I don't have to have any expectations. I am supposed to have lower expectations than the Bears had last year. So, all right, cool, man. Enjoy all that. And, and you know what? I, I don't even necessarily mean that sarcastically because I think you will enjoy it. You guys have not had a quarterback. Even Rodgers on a bad day is probably better than a quarterback you've had <laughs> since Favre. I don't, I don't know. And uh, he'll probably end up being better than Favre was. I I, I don't know. Some, some, I heard somebody talking about I don't remember what, how Favre was. Uh, apparently, he was actually quite good and then had an injury, and that kind of messed everything up. But Favre was the same guy, man. He had that same chip on his shoulder. He, he, he reignited his entire career. He went to the Jets and lit it up and then got injured. Then he went to Minnesota, had some of the best years he's ever had as a freaking quarterback because he's the same dude. You piss me off, I'll show you. That's how I know the dude is good. That's how I know Rodgers is going to dominate for the Jets. It's what made him as good as he was all these years. And you know what? If he does that to rub it in our face and we don't get a good pick, we can be mad about not getting the good pick. But it's because he is that dude that we had 15 years of freaking dominance and awesome football. So you know what? Go have yourselves a good year. Don't get hurt. I'll take a late first round pick. Don't knock us out of the Super Bowl. You know, beat us in the Super Bowl. Those are those are really my only only requests. You know, otherwise, freaking go do what you got to do, Rodgers. Nothing's going to stop the guy. I mean, he's a freaking force of nature. I, nothing I could do to stop him. So, 
Best of luck, I guess. What's up, Brian? This is Blake's dad. What up? Um, now that we got the 13th pick, yeah. do you think there's any chance they package uh, 13 with 42 or 13 no. with 45 to maybe move up into a single digits number? Maybe for um, maybe move up high enough to get a pass rusher or Jalen Carter? Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that's a possibility, or do you think they sit and use all three of these picks now? I'm, I, I think I'd kind of like to use all three of them just to give get the most amount of guys, but getting a top six, seven pick kind of sounds nice when you're the Green Bay Packers and you never pick that high. Let me know what you think. Later. I definitely think it's a possibility, for sure. I mean, you know, one of the things that uh, I was talking to JJ about earlier today was, was about Jalen Carter. Um, and whether or not that would be potentially be a thing, you know, um, I don't know about the character stuff, but you know, a, we took Devonte Wyatt and by everybody's account, with the exception of mine, <laughs> Jalen Carter is better than Devonte Wyatt. Like he, he's a much better version of what, what Wyatt is. Um, and so if he does slide, at what point did the Packers say, dude, let's go get a freaking blue chipper that we never get? We never get the blue chippers. I mean, we're lucky if we can even get a first-round pick out of the first round most years. But we got a chance for a blue chip guy because he slid. And and one of the things I thought about is I did my uh, mock draft. If you haven't listened yet, go do it. But again, I, I think it makes sense for Seattle, oh, good Lord, to take him at five. If he gets past Seattle, that's when I'm going to be sitting there going, all right, when do we see that little uh, that little trade thing pop up? Now, again, you, you, as a rational Packer fan that you are, I'm sure you're looking at it from a standpoint of need and saying, well, we, we have to surround him with talent, so not only do we not want defense, but we don't use want to use multiple picks to go up and get defense. I get all that. I'm just trying to think like in the Packers do. And um, I think it's a possibility. Now, I mean, obviously they're not going to go into it with a plan, but is there a scenario in which somebody falls that they didn't think would maybe be there and they want to move up? Yeah, I do. Uh, looking at the old school trade value chart here, we're sitting at 1150. That second round pick is worth 480. Now, I don't know that we could necessarily get a deal done with Detroit, but look, there's a lot of teams in this range that are possibly contemplating getting out of here. You get up into that Las Vegas-Detroit range, and listen, we've already done a deal with the Raiders for Devontae. Again, maybe the Raiders want to stay there and do something, but I think the Raiders need a ton of picks. Their entire defense is garbage. So, I mean, the the correct value would be about pick six if we use pick 42. Um, but again, if Detroit didn't want to come back, you go up to seven with the Raiders. I think there's a lot of stuff available. Now, how many do I think would be worth it? Well, not necessarily my assessment, but but the the general assessment is that the the blue chippers that are actually there would be Will Anderson and Jalen Carter. And those would be the guys that you could go get. Now, I, 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 I'm torn on how I feel about it. My, my own personal feeling is don't do that. I'm not a huge fan of Carter or Will Anderson, and I would much rather have multiple picks. However, if the Packers do it, I have to kind of shed my own personal thoughts and say we just traded up into the top 10, to get a blue chip prospect like we've never had before that actually has that ceiling like we just never really get to see. You know, Will Anderson, you know, best pass rusher in the draft, maybe. Jalen Carter, one of the better defensive tackle prospects to come out in a long time. Remember, last year had some pretty big studs. 
both of them from Georgia, like just absolute freaks. And the whole thing was, this dude's significantly better than both of them. That's pretty crazy. Uh, would I want to trade up for anyone else? Not really. I think you could consider Tyree Wilson. Um, maybe Jackson Smith and Jig, but th that just seems crazy to me. I mean, if you want to move up a little bit, you know, to get up ahead of one or two guys, maybe, but I don't want to go up to like seven or anything to get him. That'd be crazy. But I, I would wonder about Tyree Wilson. Again, I'm not the biggest Tyree Wilson fan in the world, but he's a freaking wrecking ball and could be could be some fun. But yeah, I mean, we could we could absolutely get into the top 10 pretty significantly here. Well, I really want to keep going, but we're we're an hour and a quarter in, so we will leave it at that. I got to do a better job of ripping through uh, some of these calls, but keep them coming, and I will talk to you fine folks tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.